Thanks for downloading episode 90 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. inside the Morecambe half on the edge of the Shrimps penalty and might uh, get a shot away there Morgan Whitaker with it and that's the second shot that the Pilgrims attackers had tested corner Ripley inside the first couple of minutes and that one just over the angle trying to get it picked up on the second phase by Jensen we lovely feet from Jensen might let fly as well and he does and it's a good effort low down to his left hand side Michael Cooper has to be at full stretch to repel the danger but here comes Plymouth on the edge of the box, Morgan Whitaker should break the net there from 15 yards and for the first time the Shrimps run done down that left-hand side, ball across from Mumba, Whitaker had all the time in the world, he's already had a couple of sizes and from 12 yards out he blazes it over the bar and we have been let off there. Ball on the halfway line, that's a lovely reverse pass and Plymouth Argana here near on the edge of the box, it's the captain Joe Edwards and that's a lovely save, one-on-one Ripley, Edwards should have probably broke the net there really, went across the keeper and away to right hand side a good tip round and a way to safety from Ripley Butcher out towards Mumba now on this left hand side he's going to try and go around the outside of Connor Ryan Cooney he has gone around the outside of Ryan Cooney then on the inside inside the penalty area Gillespie tries a right footed curler just over the angle they're going to get the cross in at the second time Joe Edwards is all alone at the back post he's going to volley it over the bar he went to break the net and very nearly did it's over it's a goal kick Plymouth nil, Morecambe nil, but here come the Pilgrims once more. Down this left-hand side, just trying to show inside. Kearney shot comes in that time, it's a daisy cutter from Whitaker. That one blocked away, Randall trying to get it down as a shot. Snap effort on the 10 yards out. Uh, Danny Mayer with it, and that's a nice smart stop down to his right-hand side again from Connor Ripley. Whitaker slide draw pass, Mumbers in the box, might pull the trigger, does pull the trigger. Nice tip round the post for a corner by Ripley, but again, they caught us out on the break. Two passes, they were inside the box and didn't make it count once more. Good save though. Ball's going to be chipped towards the edge of the Morgan box once more. Heads go up there. Edwards and Gibson battling for it. Mayer just needs to maybe get his laces through. That Shaw gets himself in a bit of a tangle. Whitaker's inside the box, tries to play it into Edwards. But so well, is that penalty? It is a penalty. And Plymouth found themselves inside the Morgan penalty area. Once again, it was Morgan Whitaker slid it into the captain, Joe Edwards. And the referee deems that he's bundled over. It looks a harsh one on first viewing, I have to say. But with three and a half minutes to before half-time, the Pilgrims have the chance to take the lead from the penalty spot. Yeah, I'm not sure, Dave. I mean, the players, he's running very quickly, isn't he, in the penalty area to get onto the ball. And Badeau, I don't know if he's just stuck out a leg. It's difficult in that kind of situation as soon as you make contact the player is going to go down 43rd minute Plymouth Argyle nil Morecambe nil Shrimps live on Beyond Radio but the Pilgrims with the chance to open the scoring from the spot it's going to be the left boot of Morgan Whitaker and yet again for the fourth time this season Connor Ripley guesses the right way and saves it you wouldn't expect anything less of the great man though would you Absolutely, Connor Ripley. What a fantastic save again! You what know, a bloke. Absolutely brilliant save. He, he must pride himself on those. A wonderful, wonderful stop from him. He, he's guessed the right way, and a really, really good save from him to tip it behind. Still nil-nil. Here comes Morgan Whitaker. He's going to slip that into Ellis on the far post, and he's blazed it over the bar and inside the first 70 seconds after the restart. Again, Plymouth Argyle find themselves inside the Morecambe box Morecambe getting themselves in a bit of a defensive tangle there and here comes Niall Ennis once more he's inside the box oh. and yet again Connor Ripley repels the danger with another fabulous save low down to his left hand side Plymouth not just knocking on the door not just hammering it down they are trying to smash it with a bulldozer and still they can't breach it still twisting still turning might think about a shot instead feeds and there's all sorts of space on the edge of the boxes the ball's played in twisting and turning shot comes in Whitaker that time went for the side foot 
and it's just wide, a ball's width away from Connor Ripley's far post. Couldn't quite get it past Gillespie on the edge of the Plymouth penalty area, and that allows the Pilgrims to break away once more with Barley. Mumba, in fact, it's Ennis on this left-hand side. He's got Mumba herring up in support out on the edge of the area, and he's still going. He gets a shot away as well. It was another great effort. And that's another great save from Connor Ripley, this time low down to his right. Fizzes it into the feet of Danny Mayer, who's not afraid to run it. His man skips around Anthony O'Connor. Mumber on the edge of the box. Mayer 15 yards out, pulls the trigger. Another save from Ripley. That's a slice by Anthony O'Connor. Allows Ryan Hardy in down this left-hand side. Hardy gets to the byline, cross comes in, and finally Plymouth Argyle find the back of Connor Ripley's. Now, it was a mistake at the back by Anthony O'Connor. That allowed Ryan Hardy down the left-hand side. Ball across from the byline, and at the near post, it's tucked in, finally, with 20 minutes to go. And you can't say that Plymouth do not deserve that. And finally, it's Plymouth Argyle 1, Morecambe 0. Yeah, there's, a, there's the error that I was talking about, Dave. It's those fine margins once again, and Plymouth have broken that deadlock. Uh, it was Niall Ennis, wasn't it, who's got the touch on. I think it was Anthony O'Connor who... Um, sliced the ball and Ryan Hardy who we talked about when he's come on you know he's a real possesses a real threat at this level for Plymouth and, and he's got the ball out wide got, got to the byline played the ball into Niall Ennis who managed to sort of sneak that ball into the court bottom corner here comes Kieran Phillips his first touch is possibly to equalise he's stuck it around the keeper he hasn't he probably should have shot I think his eyes lit up there he's trying just to dribble it around Cooper and then slot it into the empty net but the Pilgrim Stoffel was too clever for him. And here comes Cosgrove on the breakaway. It might be tapped in for 2 0. It is tapped in for 2 0. It isn't. How has he not doubled the advantage there? Ryan Hardy. Wow. It was easier to score, and that would definitely have put the game to bed. One end of the field to the other. Kieran Phillips with it should have probably equalised. And then quick as a flash, Cosgrove was away down the left-hand side, squared the ball across. All Hardy had to do was tap it into an empty net, and he somehow shinned it wide of the far post. Up and over Hardy, trying to pick up the pieces on the edge of the box. He might have the better of Jacob Badeau here. Ryan Hardy gets a shot away too, and it's yet another save from Connor Ripley. Here come Plymouth once more. Cosgrove might think about a shot, 25 yards out. So plays it to Whitaker, who didn't quite have the angle for the shot either. Danny Mayer just on the edge of the Morecambe penalty area. Edwards looking for options, might twist and turn away from his man. Edwards looking to get that cross in angle instead, plays it back to Danny Mayer. Edwards, the Pilgrims captain, driving towards the edge of the box, gets the ball across. It's going to be tapped in for 2 0. It is tapped in for 2 0, and that will be the points in the bag for Stephen Schumacher's men. And they were toying with us there, really. Sam Cosgrove had the easiest of tasks just to tap it in left-footed from about 10 yards out. And that will be that here this afternoon at Home Park inside the last 10 minutes. Edwards drove to the byline inside the Morecambe penalty area, squared the ball across, Cosgrove take a touch, and then just passed it into the far corner of Connor Ripley's goal to make it Plymouth Argyle 2, Morecambe 0. Yeah, I should say, Dave, it was, uh, it was a tough one, Matt. Morecambe, um, some good build-up play by, by Plymouth and there were bodies in the penalty area and it was a great pass to Sam Cotsgrove who's what the striker you can't give enough, you can't give that kind of room to in the penalty area uh, and he just was able to just tap it home um, a, uh, a frustrating afternoon at the office for, for Morecambe today. Morecambe passing it around nicely, here comes Liam Gibson down the left-hand side, then runs the ball out of play, gets it back to Taylor on halfway Connolly, Taylor once more Looking to pick the perfect pass here. Not quite forthcoming at the moment. Plymouth with plenty back behind the ball. There's going to be a minimum of four minutes. Melbourne, it might fall for Anthony O'Connor here. Nice feet from Anthony O'Connor. I thought he might have took a shot there. O'Connor still driving and O'Connor has scored. Lovely feet from the central defender there, skipped away through a couple of challenges. Angle was a bit tight, but he buried it low and hard into the bottom corner of Michael Cooper's net to reduce the arrears right on 90 minutes. Do hope springs eternal, perhaps? <laughs> Plymouth Argyle 2, Morecambe 1.
is there one last chance here for the Shrimps? Ball on the left-hand side, crossed in, flick forward, it might fall on the edge of the box. How about that when the Morecambe player went down? Nothing doing from the referee. Plymouth clear their lines. That's probably going to be that, you would think. But here comes Hardy on the counter-attack. Morecambe have committed all 11 men forward. Hardy can't finish the job because it's a great save again from Connor Ripley one-on-one. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. I think we've shown heart and fight and spirit all match. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, we've just come up against a really good team. Exactly, Dave. I think that's the key key point. You know, we've spoken about games that are coming up over the Christmas period. The likes of Burton um, and those are going to be the big ones for for Morecambe to to look to get points from. Matches like these, you know, are, are always going to be tough. Plymouth are at the top end of the table for a reason. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that's where we're at. I suppose, though, Harry, when you concede it's got to be 30 shots I reckon at least that Plymouth had and a fair chunk of those on target Connor Ripley's been beaten twice but he's had the, one of the games of his career with some of the saves he's been pulled out of the bag and another penalty stop as well at the end of the first half but when you concede that many opportunities against a really good team eventually they're going to break the door down and so it proved to be the case yeah and that's the difference between teams that are at the top and sort of mid-table or at the bottom you know if, if you can't break a side down for 70 minutes when the crowd are getting on top of you and when they probably expect to win you know that can almost have a negative effect on you as a team but that's not faulted Plymouth at all they kept on knocking knocking on the door and they eventually broke the deadlock um, through two two goals but I, I don't think Morecambe can can feel aggrieved about the result if I'm being honest I think Plymouth are at the top end for a reason and they've come up against one of the best sides in the division today I think they've, hold their, they've held their own for, for p- p- large parts of the game but Plymouth you know going forward are, are a real real um, real real challenge and, and difficult to defend against Connor Ripley's made some wonderful saves as you say saved the penalty um, so yeah there are going to be bigger tests to come for, for Morecambe in terms of opposition that are going to come up the likes of Burton Albion and Accrington Stanley who, who are coming up so yeah um, take this and move on to the next game and those are the games, Harry, that we need to... We, we, we've, we've got to get points in those games. It's as simple as that. I mean, we can say, oh, well, it's a bit of a free hit against second in the table, and perhaps to a small extent it might be, but the reality is we, in the next few weeks, we are starting to play teams in and around us. The catchable size, as Derek Adams keeps saying, week after week, we've got to catch them. It's as simple as that. You'd like to think so, and I mean, you know, th- these teams, they are there for a reason. You know, they are beatable. Um, you know, th- th- there's been performances for... 75-80% of the season so far for, for Morecambe where they probably deserved a little bit more in terms of points on the board compared with the performances and hopefully you know if they can perform to a similar level in, in those games where they probably deserve a little bit more I'm sure they can go and play the likes of Backington Burn no disrespect to them but go and get you know important points against them and, and hopefully that'll shoot them up the table Harry, thank you so much for jumping on co-commentary this afternoon. I know you've got a million and one other things to do and we want to get back up the uh, the A38 (laughs) and the M5 as quickly as possible because it's going to be the best part of midnight at the earliest before we are back. We're not complaining about that, by the way. We love exactly what we do for a living. It's all part and parcel of the job, of course it is. But, Harry, thanks for jumping on. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours and we'll speak to you again next time. Thank you, Dave. Have a good Christmas. So, Derek, uh, not the result you were after, but what did you make of the performance this afternoon? Yeah, I mean, we've come to a team that are top of the table and uh, we tried to go toe-to-toe with them. Uh, it was difficult at times because um, of the the quality that they have in their team, but uh, I thought we started the game very well. Um, we pressed them high up the pitch and uh, they you know, knocked a number of balls out of play. Didn't really create many opportunities at that stage and when they did create an opportunity, it was our fault, you know, with you know a bit of slack play or, or giving the ball away. But um, over the afternoon, you know, very proud of our players because um, you know to come here, they had only lost once this season, um, and you know they are at the top of the league for a reason. When the chances that they created did find a way through, Conor Ripley are yet again uh, being on hand to deny them on multiple occasions. Another penalty save. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, very good today. You know, he made a, an excellent penalty save, and uh, you know we had to um, defend well at times from you know him because uh, a number of times they got through and got opportunities. Uh, we should have had a penalty at two-one right at the end of the game. We've seen it on the video. Uh, Cole Stockton gets filled in the box, and uh, that would have been an opportunity to get to two-two. You talk about coming here and, and facing a team that have only lost once so far at home this season, and, and going toe-to-toe with them. What does that say about the mentality of your team? 
Well, it tells you a lot. You know, we've had to play, you know, Derby County, who we've drawn with, Portsmouth, we've, you know, drawn with as well. All these teams at the, the top end of the table, beating Barnsley at home, and, and come here and, and put in a very good performance. You know, to to come away and lose two one uh, is is disappointing. But what we did give uh, is the players gave their all and, and tried their best to get that victory. And we, we talk about fine margins, obviously Jensen Weir's chance in the first half, a really good curling effort, produced a fine save from Michael Cooper. It's one of those incidents where if that goes in, then it's a different game altogether. Yeah, I mean, I thought in the first 15 to 20 minutes we had them uh, in, on the game. We, just beside our dugout, give the ball away. They get through with uh, Edwards and that gave them a lift at the wrong time in the game. We didn't have to do that and, and it gave their supporters a wee bit of belief. Talk about the preparations for the game. Obviously, difficult conditions for everybody. A lot of games called off. Um, how did going into this game? How did obviously the late calls uh, and pitch inspections affect your team's preparations and mentality going into it? Yeah, it didn't affect us at all. Um, we were prepared for the game. Um, we uh, were ready for it, and, and uh, you know, I think the players, you know, had shown that throughout the afternoon. Now, looking ahead, festive uh, fixtures, a busy period, as we all know. Um, how do you approach that? Uh, we obviously, we've had uh, issues with squad depth through injury and suspension. Obviously, that's something you want to avoid going into the festive period. So, how do you approach the, uh, the the winter fixtures? Yeah, we've got a lot of players' game time today. You know, we took on uh, two at half time. We took one in early in the second half, and then another two. So, um, we've got that uh, squad of players, you know, fit and ready to go for the festive period, and uh, which is important because we've got three games uh, in a short space of time. And uh, young Adam Mayer, um, he's, I think, played two games since signing his, uh, his professional contract. He's just going from strength to strength, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of interest in Aaron, uh, Adam because he has been a talent, you know, since he's come into the team. He drives, he takes the ball well, he's very composed and, uh, you know, delighted with the, the way that he's played. Thank you very much, Derek. Thank you. Derek, were you 100% happy for the game to go ahead today, given the late pitch inspections and, and the, the nature of the weather? Yeah, I mean, I was. Uh, you know, the game uh, went ahead and uh, the, the referee made the right call. So I could see you down there with keys or a pair of scissors. You seem to be covering no, every, every, every blade of the pitch. Yeah, the, the, the first... The surface was hard, you know, the players will tell you that, you know, when they were on with their stone, uh, their studs, but, uh, you know, he's made the right decision, the game's been played and uh, uh, we can't uh, complain about that. And given the opportunities that Plymouth had and given how well we defended and how well Connor had done to, to save and obviously some over the bar and some wide, to concede the goal after 70 minutes from a slip, that must have been disappointing. Yeah, it was and, uh, you know, we should have reacted better to the situation. We allow a player free in the box and... Um, there's two players uh, in the box that could have covered them uh, and that would have you know, stopped them having that opportunity And then the second goal a, a, a bit of a breakaway I suppose we were going, trying to push on for the equaliser and then it's always an uphill battle from there Yeah of course, we, knew, we had to uh, you know, we were 1-0 down but we had changed you know, personnel over the afternoon and we got back to 2-1 uh, at the end and you know, quite possibly could have got a penalty uh, at the end to make it 2-2 uh, now, we spoke about that festive period, and is it a pivotal two or three weeks coming up, given the fixtures that are, that are down the track? <laughs> Not really, no, um, because uh, the season lasts for 46 games, as, as I keep on saying, and uh, um, there's a long way to go in this campaign. We're six points adrift uh, of safety at, at this moment in time, and uh, that's where we are, and uh, we've got a lot of good games coming up we've got a lot of teams that are playing you know, in and around us and uh, a good opportunity to pick up uh, maximum points That's all, mate. in terms of the, the, the catchable teams as you've called them a lot of those are coming up in the next couple of weeks so we, we need to keep pace with them at least yeah we do uh, we, we need to try and you know, get that three points which should enable us to you know, get uh, above them in the table Derek appreciate it so Merry Christmas and we'll speak to you next time thank you, thank you. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Merry Christmas, one and all. Thank you so much for downloading this episode and the other episodes, if you have done so far this season. We really appreciate it. And of course, thanks for your eyes and ears on Shrimps Live this season so far. Beyond Radio, the only place where you can catch full match commentary of every single Morecambe game, home and away, league and cup. We are proud to be your official Shrimps Radio station. 
and uh, on the run up to Christmas a bumper podcast on the way in a bit we'll be chatting to EFL aficionado Gabriel Sutton Gab joins us for uh, a bit of a look back uh, as we reach the halfway point of the League One campaign at uh, what's gone on so far things at the top and the bottom and of course all things Morecambe does Gab think we can stay in League One I'll give you a bit of a spoiler he doesn't uh, but it's always great to chat with Gab and we're going to get him back on Shrimps Live commentary very very soon as well fingers crossed also chatting to Johnny from uh, Ale and the Vale podcast a Port Vale fans pod to get to the full lowdown on Daryl Clark's men ahead of their uh, game with Morecambe uh, at Vale Park on Boxing Day looking forward to that uh, looking forward to the whole festive period of fixtures actually Accrington Stanley back at the Mazuma on the 29th and then uh, an absolute six pointer against Burton and Albion on New Year's Day. Really excited about all three of those fixtures. Pivotal, you think, in Morecambe's season. But on co-commentary for the Plymouth game alongside myself was uh, the brand new Head of Media and Communications at the Mazuma Stadium, Harry Lyons. And before the game uh, between the Shrimps and the Pilgrims that kicked off, I caught up with Harry just to get a bit of a flavour about how he's been settling into the role so far. Let's talk about you. You've been in the job for what now? A couple of months? Yeah, yeah, two months. months. Um, How's it gone so far? Really good, yeah, really enjoying it. Um, It's a a big challenge for everyone across the board. Um, You know, we're trying to... Uh, there's, there's loads of things really that the club are getting on with um, particularly myself you know I've come in and, and trying to uh, get more coverage elsewhere of the football club uh, if you go on the website you'll see there's been a lot of updates on there in terms of how the website looks making it easier for people to know the website find, uh, find uh, hospitality uh, I follow match passes information about fixtures and results so yeah we're getting there um, but really enjoying it got a great little team uh, and yeah it's been a really good start and it, it's one of those isn't it that if you're a fan you don't realise how much goes in to every single element of, uh, I suppose, the whole digital media operation. It's quite a juggernaut to, to keep all the wheels on the bus, I suppose, sometimes. Yeah, it really is. And also, Dave, it's not just the first team that, that myself and, and Matt focus on. You know, we, I came in, we, I was tasked with them, um, you know, sort of in trying with the, the, the women's coverage, which obviously the women's team lifted off uh, about two or three months ago and, and trying to improve that coverage. The academy as well, and also things like the International Academy, community sports. So there's a great deal of things uh, that the football club would really try and improve on, on the coverage. And, and myself and Matt are tasked with, with doing that. And it's that, those little things, like you say, isn't it? it it's things like embedding videos onto the website directly rather than having to go through YouTube and, and player profiles and relevant information and telephone numbers being up to date, all that sort of thing. It, it is quite the task and that's even before you get onto the stuff on the field. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's loads of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that probably, uh, you know, sometimes people don't think about. You know, there's things that I've been in here two months, like I say, and there's big things that have come up that I never even realised, you know, was going to be something that, that um, myself and my team would be sort of dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So there's, there's loads of things that go on behind the scenes of football club it's not just what happens on the pitch but obviously what happens on the pitch dictates everything else around the football club so it's yeah it's, it's, it's a great job really enjoying it and uh, hopefully you know we'll see uh, we'll see uh, a good result on the pitch today is it fair to say harry that you're taking a, a bit of inspiration from your uh, your previous role you were part of the media team at blackpool in the championship before you came to the mazuma stadium and obviously that has stood you in good stead for this uh, this job as head of comms i, I think so um i spoke to you before they didn't when i started i was there for, for three years at blackpool and enjoyed some really good times it was a great team that we had there worked with uh, Mr Matt Rushton who people I'm sure will know uh, very well he was at Morecambe for I think 10 years or so um, so yeah hopefully everything that I learned there in terms of you know a great boss that I had there and working from Matt in terms of videography and, and photography um, hopefully you know um, I've been able to bring that into the role here and, and like I say two months in but uh, hopefully we're making progress already and progress already what's coming down the track then in terms of the, uh, the whole operation going forward there's loads of things going on. I mean, there's a few things that the club is hoping to announce. Sort of, uh, you know, um, obviously last night we put out about the uh, the Abra and the Queen tribute night. So in terms of hospitality and, and and elsewhere, you know, there's loads of things off the pitch that the club are trying to promote and push on. Um, and then hopefully, you know, we'll see in the in the next few. Uh, weeks and months you know results start to turn because I think uh, you and I were talking off air Dave about the, the sort of performances on the pitch I think they've probably been there uh, but the results haven't um, you know there have been a couple of matches where maybe performance wise haven't been at that level um, but I think the majority of matches that I've seen so far I do genuinely think that the team has been quite unlucky um, and it's just a case of getting that little bit of luck. So as we've been alluding to both on commentary on Shrimps Live and on this podcast a pivotal festive period about to begin for Morecambe you feel two massive home games coming up against 
against Accrington Stanley and Burton Albion and then Cheltenham Town coming to the Mazuma just after the new year as well but ahead of all that Boxing Day trip to the Potteries to face Port Vale recently promoted of course via the playoffs from League 2 and they've adjusted to life in League 1 pretty well you have to say sitting nicely just a few points outside the playoffs they went uh, away to Plymouth Argyle not ever so long ago and were the first team to beat them in their own backyard this season Uh, so they are definitely a force to be reckoned with ahead of the game I've been speaking to Johnny from Ale and the Vale a Port Vale fans podcast it's really good go and check it out they are available on Twitter and all the usual platforms uh, to get the full lowdown on Daryl Clark's men ahead of our trip to Vale Park this coming Boxing Day yeah so we started it during the original lockdown when we thought we were going to be home for a couple of weeks just as something to to do and have a chat about and then yeah that season got curtailed and then we realized that we we're going to be home a lot longer than that so it snowballed um, firstly just a few interviews with people um, we had the chairperson on and a couple of ex-players and such like and then went into preview and reviewing games just to give us something to do and keep keep track with your mates and stuff and then yeah that's just stayed up stayed on so um started as just a little thing to keep us busy and now it seems like people like it and enjoy listening so we've kind of got to keep doing it and I suppose Ale in the Vale, it's, uh, it, it does what it says on the tin, doesn't it, really? I, I like these fan. There's a lot of good League One podcasts, aren't there? But I like the fans-based ones yeah. particularly because uh, you can tell it like it is. You're not corporate. If you're good, you're good. If you're bad, then you, you say so. Yeah, that that's it. And that's like we. That's why we really enjoy it. And we, we have quite a lot of communication with the club as well. Um so recently we had, we've had Nathan Smith on, who's current player. So the club are very good with letting us do that. And never once have they said, oh, you can't talk about this or or that sort of thing. So it's it, we're left to our devices on, on the fact of it. It's a fan's opinion, not the club's opinion, regardless. So it's been very good um, with that. And we, we do we do find that all the listeners enjoy when we're, when we're rubbish rather than when we're good. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? It's funny how everybody comes out to play when there's a bad result, and then when there's a win, there's not that. Maybe they're all in the pub, probably. But uh, it's uh, at the moment for you, though, John. It's not been uh, it's not been a bad old uh, a bad old start to, to to League One, has it? You must be absolutely delighted with the way it's gone so far. Yeah, surprised is probably the best way to say we 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 came up with no expectation in terms of to, to to be top half at Christmas. We came, we came up and we were all in agreement that if we finish 20th at the end of the season, whilst is isn't the best season, it's a positive something to build on. Now, sat 11th, two points off the playoffs, we're sat there going, yeah, 20th wouldn't be so good now. But even so, we've seen bigger clubs than us drop into League Two and we've seen people in positions... I still remember Barnsley being bottom of the league at, at Christmas at one stage and then getting getting promoted. So we've we've seen stuff like that can happen and there's a couple of established League One teams that are in the lower half of of the table at the minute where you look at and think Oxford, for example, what are they doing there? They they, they shouldn't be so far down. So we we know full well that it only takes a couple of couple couple of wins on the bounce that we, we could be looking over a shoulder again. But thankfully as we talk, we're we're okay. We're we're, we're happy, and it's it's in a good place. And I suppose if you, if you're looking at it semi pessimistically, forty points survived in League One last season. Looking at the the current bottom four, of which of course we are very much in there at the moment, it looks like it might be another lowish points total again. So to have twenty nine on the board, not even at the halfway point, you, you've done you've you've ticked the first box already almost. Yeah, pretty pretty much. The, the the idea is obviously by twenty three games we want we want to be on twenty five points. It's that you're halfway to that fifty point total that usually keeps you safe. Um, and as you said, the last couple of seasons, I think actually that forty forty five points has actually kept you safe. So it's airing on the side of caution. But yeah, it's looking good at the moment. I think things have things have gone well, uh, better than expected. We'll talk about the team, Johnny, in just a sec. Can I just have a, a word with your about your manager, firstly? Um, I know some Bristol Rovers fans. They love Daryl Clark. 
I know some Warsaw fans who absolutely hate him. Uh, so <laughs> but I suppose he's the man who got you into League One. So uh, all is good. Yeah, Daryl Clark is, is is the epitome of an enigma. He has a very set way of doing things. So the media hate him um, because you'll go into a you'll go into a, a pre match presentation with him and you'll go, oh, Dan Jones came off injured last Saturday. Can you tell us about him? No, I'm not doing. I'm not doing the opposition's work for him. Okay. And then he'll he'll turn around and then he'll say like oh that player's suspended um, and and he'll go right yeah he's suspended for a game does that mean he's coming back in the next one I'm not doing the opposition's way for him so we kind of got to the point now where pre-match interviews we don't really speak about injuries unless he gives up information so um, after Funzo Ojo went off injured uh, Peterborough told us that it was a Grade One and it was six to eight weeks and then that's that that was seven weeks ago now and we've not heard his name mentioned since so it's kind of we don't ask about it um he's as likely to name an unchanged team as he is to make six changes so it's it's fun um but what what he is is he's passionate puts everything into it and i just think that the reason the bristol rovers fans loved him is the same reason as we do he's gotten promoted he's open he's he feels like he's one of the lads one why and he talks about the club with so much passion now the Warsaw side of it the reason they hated him is he didn't he wasn't successful he sold their three best players and then didn't bring anyone out in now it's easy to blame the manager there when the chairman's still in place and their chairman likes to talk a lot and say nothing um so yeah it's it's, it's one of them isn't it and it's, we're 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 happy they don't like him because it means that he's obviously doing something right. Absolutely, it's that siege mentality sometimes, I suppose, isn't it? And uh, of course, he got promotion last season through the playoffs and against the backdrop of of great personal tragedy for the manager as well. So so that was a nice extra touch to to actually do that for him. Yeah, yeah, it was it it was a funny old season. Um, we we were counting the points to the title at one stage then we were seventh and counting the points over our shoulders and then we we're outside the playoffs and then we were in the playoffs again and 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 Clarkie wasn't about um because of what happened with his daughter and then he he we saw him at Hartlepool and we saw some reports in the media that oh Port Vale think that they're up, they were celebrating on the pitch and I think what people didn't understand was it was the first game Daryl Clark had been at a Port Vale match since his daughter um, and we weren't, we were celebrating the fact that the, the guy was back in his day job and the fact that so, like you, you're never going to get over this, that tragedy but he was, he was there, he was back and that was, that was the sort of thing that pulled us together Um and then he decided that he wanted to shoulder the responsibility in the last few games. And it was his way of saying, nah, I, I can do this. So, yeah, the playoffs happened and, and, and they were very fun. And we, we've we've now got a rivalry with Swindon from from nothing. That, How bizarre. Yeah, they, they, they really aren't happy, the Swindon lot. <laughs> they, they really dislike us. There's, there's, a, there's a Twitter account on Swindon... Um, like an unofficial Swindon or something like that. I can't remember what it's called, but if you if you go on any post that Vale post when we're one nil down, you will see the Swindon post. Like they they really love it, and it's so strange. Like it's it's bizarre how football rivalries can can sort of transpire sometimes, I suppose, isn't it? But uh, between the two sides uh, ourselves, Johnny, we've uh, we've had some good battles in in recent seasons, predominantly in League Two of course, but uh, tell us everything we need to know from what you've just said. Uh, it, it might be completely different come Boxing Day, of course, but uh, as far as you can, you can tell us uh, everything we need to know about Daryl Clark, League One Port Vale. Um, everything you need to know, he lines up with three at the back and that's probably as much as I can tell you in terms <laughs> of what might happen. It's been three five two three four three, which one one or the other since since we've we've had Clark here as manager. 
Um, there's there's a couple of mainstays. So Smithy, Nathan Smith at centre half, he's he always plays and he's typical horrible centre half. He pinches, he pulls, he grapples, he, he he likes the fight and he's got a gap in between his front teeth. Uh, that when he smiles, it's a proper cheesy smile that irritates a centre forward once once he's been pulling and prodding. So yeah, so Nath Nath loves it. He's got a few cent- strikers sent off already this season. Um, you, you, if you listen to John Coleman's interview um, from when we beat Accrington in the FA Cup last year, he has some less than less than favourable words to say about <laughs> Smithy because he got Colby Bishop sent off then and. We've our next game's Accrington if we beat the Frost, um, and yeah, he 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 still he still was poking old wounds there, so he's a mainstay. Um, Captain Tom Conlon again coming back from a rather bad Achilles injury last year. He's he's back in the side doing doing his bits and he's adapting to a new role uh, a, a little bit deeper. And then James Wilson, who is the best striker in this league by far. Like, I, I, and I'm not just saying it, his technical ability. There's, there's not a player like him in, in the league. His first touch, the way he glides, you can see he's been educated at a Premier League academy. You can see that why Man United invested so much money into him, but he just needs a bit of love and care. And we, we're giving him that. He's, he's a local lad, so he seems to be thriving. So apart from those two players, the, the, the rest of the, or three players, the rest of the team could be absolutely anything then, really. Yeah, pretty much. It's um, it, it's, it's a lottery. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we, we we have a tendency. There's there's a couple more that have have probably played the majority. Alice Harrison, that was at Fleetwood, he's he's played the majority. Um, and Ben Garrity usually plays a lot of the games, but everyone else is just a bit of a. You, we never know. Even down to the goalkeeper at times, he's he's, he's tinkered with them. So. Who knows what could happen? And I, I suppose a lot depends on if the, the Saturday game beats the Frost. Um, if not, it's probably 12, 13 days since we last played. So it could, could any, anything could happen. Keeps it fresh, keeps the squad on, the, on, on their toes, I suppose. What one player we got from you uh, last season, Johnny, you didn't see a great deal of him apart from in the playoffs, was uh, was Jake Taylor. You'll be pleased to know he's uh, doing very well for us so far. What Was he a player that you wanted to keep hold of? Jake's a funny one. He has got all the ability with the ball. He just never seemed to want to do the dirty side of it. And then... Cork, he got into him and he got him fit and he was one of the best players on the pitch on the playoff final. So we were very surprised to see him go. We 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 feel that it wasn't solely Jake's decision and that there that this agent had quite a bit of say over it. His agent actually is a commentator on Radio Stoke sometimes. Um, and an ex-player of our, ours, and he didn't really take too kindly to us binning off a couple of his other players that had got into the squads. So he he was a bit unsavoury on the radio about Corky and Corky bit back. So I don't think the relationship was great there. So when his agent said Jake wants to leave, we just went, yeah, okay, he can go, and that's what happened. So the player, yeah, the, the player is a very good player. The, the everything that came with him seemed to be a bit unfortunate really and that's actually not down to him all the time he's like he just wants to play football well he's playing a, a big part for us this season and and, and hopefully long may uh, that continue uh, one of my final questions to you johnny is you've played most of the teams in league one uh, this season there's obviously a step up in class between league two and league one it seems to me uh from watching league one football for the second season now that there's very much the haves and the haves nots, the, the the money clubs and and the, the not so rich clubs. How have you found the mix of of not only that but also the the the, the quality of the sides that you faced so far this season? I think the the biggest thing I've noticed is that like like I say the bigger clubs they they have got that player that can do something out of nothing. So we we've been toe to toe with Portsmouth. And then we got beat by Dane Scarlett scoring a goal on the break. An 18-year-old that's probably on 30 grand a week at 
Spurs tip for massive things on loan in League One. We went toe-to-toe with Chef Wednesday, got beat by a Barry Bannon wonder strike, which Barry Bannon and wonder strike go hand in hand. He scores five, six a season. So welcome, welcome to our the world. Only ones. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And then, and then we've, we've seen that. And then Johnson Clark Harris at Peter Brator is a new one, which again, a million pound striker. It's so we, we've seen, we've seen them sort of situations, but then on the flip side, we've also seen the fact that MK Dons, we lost there and their bottom, second bottom are the, um, and then we went. We've got. We went and did the unthinkable the other week and beat Plymouth at home when they hadn't. They hadn't lost a game at home all season, and they hadn't failed to score a goal. And we kept a clean sheet there. So, yeah, there's, there's stuff like stuff like that. It's it, it's it's a funny funny league. I think the the, the quality there there isn't there isn't much difference in quality in terms of overall, but the teams that have got that game changer. And some of them have got two or three when you look at, especially like Chef Wednesday and Derby, um, they've got two or three. And you just sit there and think, oh, I don't like that. Well, it's a different world, isn't it? Completely different world. Like you say, you have like Barry Bannon and 30, 40 grand a week players. And, and then you, you look at other clubs like ourselves. We we, we very much play within our means and, and budget accordingly. It's not fair sometimes, is it? No, it, it's you, you sit there and think, well, well, what's what? What can you do to compete? Is is sometimes, and you have to maybe ferry around in shop in a different section. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. Johnny, thanks for coming on the pod. Really appreciate it. Uh, just before you go, uh, of course, Port Vale at home. You've got a decent home record this season. Uh, lowly old Morecambe come into town. It's it's a home win all day long, isn't it? I don't think any game in this league is is a walkover. But if you asked our next few games, Accrington and Morecambe, we'd, we'd want six points from them too. But we've already had Forest Green come and take a two 0 lead, and we ended up drawing two all with them. So like we we know that nothing's a given. But um, if you can leave Cole Stockton at the ground as 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 you drive away, that'd be lovely. <laughs> well, there were rumours in the summer, and uh, you know the transfer window is not too far away from reopening again, and he's just start, started to find his shooting boots as well. So you never know what's around the corner, I suppose. No, that, that's it. We, we we would like a striker, and he ticks majority of the boxes. We'll wait and see in January. Johnny, thank you so much. But just before you go, give us a sales pitch one more time. Where can we find Ale and the Vale? Yeah, so we're we're on Twitter. If you want, if if anyone wants to tag us, it's at Ailville Pod. Um, then anywhere that you get your podcasts from, we have housed ourselves on. So everywhere. So we will do our Morecambe preview next Wednesday. So that'll be released on the Thursday, the twenty second, in time for the, obviously the game on Monday, the Boxing Day. So that's when it'll be there because we'll we'll see what's happened this weekend, if anything. Johnny, thanks so much for your time. I know you are a very busy man. Uh, Merry Christmas, of course, to you and the rest of the crew, and uh, good luck for the season. Uh, you're definitely going to stay up. There's no, you're not going to be sucked in. You're already virtually safe in my eyes already. So uh, enjoy the second half of the campaign, and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you next time. Lovely. Cheers, and you, Dave. Huge thanks to Johnny from Ale and the Vale, a Port Vale fans podcast. Go and check them out on Twitter and uh, whenever you get your pods. Uh, one of the best podcasts in League One, in my very humble opinion. And looking forward to the game on Boxing Day. I've been to Vale Park a number of times as a spectator. I've uh, never worked there. It's one of the few grounds in the EFL that I've never sat in the press box of. So uh, looking forward to... Uh, doing the game on Boxing Day from a, a personal point of view and uh, hopefully we'll look forward to your company as well if you're not heading down to the Potteries full match commentary of course on Beyond Radio on our FM and DAB plus digital radio services across North Lancashire and South Cumbria we'll be on air from uh, 2.45 uh, now to finish this uh, bumper edition of the Shrimps Verdict podcast uh, let's do our chat with EFL aficionado Gabriel Sutton uh, now uh, Gab talks about all things League One both top and bottom uh, a good chat, as you would expect. It always is with Gab, as uh, we've reached the halfway point in the League One season. Merry Christmas. So, Gab, uh, always a pleasure to chat. Uh, we're going to talk about all things League One as we approach the halfway point of the season. But uh, it is a Morecambe podcast, after all, so it would be remiss of me if we don't talk about the Shrimps. Uh, first and foremost, 
You've seen us a couple of times this season. Hopefully, you're going to see us a couple more before the end of the campaign as well. We're going to get, we're going to get you to the Mazuma, hopefully, early in the new year. With One of these days, Dave. Fingers crossed the trains will all work out. It might happen one week. Who knows? Um, but um, from what you've seen and, and from where we are in the table so far, how do you assess Morecambe's first half of the season? Well, um, I think that there's been. I think Tamayo's the midfield is a little bit stronger than uh, than last season. I think there's possibly some some more uh, more options in there, a bit more creativity, a bit more in terms of goal threat. Uh, but on the other hand, I think yeah, that's kind of you've got to counterbalance that a little bit with the issues that you've you've had at top and not uh, probably not had a striker. Um, Cole Stockton hasn't been anywhere near as as prolific uh, as as perhaps he was as he was last season, um, and that's possibly hold you held you back a little bit from from maybe being um in a similar position to maybe a Cheltenham or a Fleetwood and and I think if you had maybe last season's Cole Stockton in this season's team I think you might be more in that sort of lower mid table bracket just hovering above the relegation zone as opposed to um is it five points adrift uh, or six points adrift so um I think there's a lot for Derek Adams to sort out um, I'm uh, I'm not sure what the latest is on the um the ownership situation. I wouldn't imagine there's going to be loads for Derek Adams to do in January, um, unless Cole Stockton is sold. Actually, and you know, there's there's a little bit to play with. But um, I think it's going to be a tough rest of the season. I've got to be honest, but I'm sure they'll give it um, give it everything they've got. Now we I looked at the uh, comparison of the league table at this point last season. And uh, as we, we speak now, Gab, uh, before our game against Charlton Athletic, 20 games in, we only had four more points than we do this season. We had 19 points after 20 games last season and, and, and stayed up with a few games to spare. Uh, 15 points this season. It looks like at the bottom end of the table, it's going to be, I know we talk about the, the fabled 50-point mark for survival, but it looks like it's going to be another low total this year. I don't know if I... In... <sighs> I'm not sure about that. Um, I think I think it's going to be a higher total than it was last year. Um, I don't. I certainly don't think we're going to have a situation like we did last year, where Fleetwood stayed up with uh, 40 points. I think was it 42 for yourselves. Um, I I think if you put either of those two teams in this season situation, I think they would probably both go down. So I do think that Morecambe have got to improve. Um, objectively on last season in order to stay up. And again, as I've mentioned, I think it's a stronger midfield than last season, but they do need a bit more of a cutting edge up top, whether that comes from Cole Stockton finding his scoring boots, as he, he did break his duck finally uh, a week or two ago, or whether it's... Um, or whether it's Kieran Phillips going on a run or or or, or whatever else, but um or or even getting sort of Caleb Watt and and, and Ashley Hunter fit uh, for the full rest of the season. You never know what sort of impact that's going to have on the the sort of creative aspect. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of League One as a whole, um, do you know, I, I mean, I. I think Cambridge United are probably a team that I would wor worry for because they've had um, a really big dip in form. Um, I think it's seven points from the last 13 games for them. So they're certainly a team that Morecambe will feel they can catch. But I think you've kind of got to counterbalance that by the fact Burton have had lower mid-table form since Zeno Marmaria took charge or, or certainly um, they're sort of on an upward trajectory under him. Um Forest Green, I think, will be able to spend in January. MK Dons, I think, have a good enough squad to get out of this. Um, you know, Mark Bonner, what he's achieved at Cambridge in the last couple of years, that's a pretty solid record. John Coleman, are you going to, going to doubt him? I think a lot of Morecambe fans would probably say yes, but even still, I think it's it's difficult to ignore that track record. So it is going to be difficult to find teams. Maybe Cheltenham could be lured in, but there's a 10-point gap to, uh, for that. So... Uh, you say it's a lower total, but I I still think it's going to be a, a big ask for Morecambe to stay up, if I'm going to be honest, not just because of the, the five-point gap to safety, but also the number of teams they're going to have to climb above. Let's look at the bottom end of League One then, Gab, if we may. And I, I think it's fair to say, isn't it, that we talk about the haves and, and the have-nots and, and the, the big spenders in the league and then some also runs in the middle, and then you've got that mini league towards the, the bottom third of the table, if you like. And I suppose if you are a team like Morgan, we need to finish mid-table in that bottom third mini league. But as you've alluded to, there are teams in there at the moment who you'd think would have enough to get out. You'd think there might be one or two teams 
who look quite comfortable at the moment, who might be sucked in. So uh, it's all to play for at the halfway point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think um, I'm going to be really interested to see where things go at uh, at MK because um, I thought they'd win the league with 100 points this season. I'm going to own that one, uh, Dave. Um, I I still think that they probably have enough on paper to climb out of that, whether that's under Liam Manning or whether um, Liam Sweeting does choose to make a big decision there. But I think squad-wise, they should be able to get out of it, although they've left themselves in an awkward position. Forest Green have picked up a little bit performance-wise lately. Burton, I think, are improving under Marmaria. Um, And I suppose you want to kind of look at teams that are trending downwards at the moment, and I'd probably see only Cambridge. And I suppose the maths would be Morecambe have got to find find four teams to to finish above. And I, I do think that's going to uh, that's going to be tricky at the moment. We've got a pivotal few weeks coming up because we are playing teams teams around us who are going to be you'd think in that uh, in that battle in that dogfight. Certainly over Christmas into New Year, we've got Accrington, we've got Burton again, we've got Cheltenham, all within the space of about 10 days. So and, and games, other, Massive games. And, and there's there's teams around us who, I suppose at this point in the season, points on the board don't matter so much. It's all about staying in touch. Um, Obviously, you want points, of course, but you don't want to be cut adrift either. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's important not to be cut adrift. I think that... Um, Morecambe seem to have that habit of clawing out uh, performances and sometimes points when you don't expect them to. Um, I think if you look at Barnsley since they've gone to uh, the Mazuma, they've looked every inch a top six side. So to nullify them as as you did, I think uh, you can take huge encouragement from that. Likewise, the performance against Ipswich, even without the result. So there's been some good performances against the um, the bigger teams, which I think Derek Adams can take some huge encouragement from. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's those performances against the sides um around you i mean say for example i mean uh losing one at cheltenham the game that i saw that means you're now 10 points off cheltenham as opposed to four points off them if you'd won or or even seven points if you'd if you'd drawn so it is those games that make a huge difference to how far away some of these sides are and i think that's why um this period of that 10 day period that you described is going to be so crucial Let's look at the top end of League One then, Gab. Are, are there any surprises from what you thought, it, how it might pan out at the start of the season? It does seem on paper it's the, it's the big spenders at the top. Yeah, um, I did have Plymouth Argyle finishing in the top two um, before the season. I certainly think they'll be uh, in and around it. I think Ipswich at the moment look very good to uh, to win the league, in my opinion. So, um, again, I think for Morecambe players, they did against town is, is very encouraging. Uh, I think Sheffield Wednesday probably have uh, as good a squad as anyone. So I would think they could finish in the top two. Um and Barnsley, as I've mentioned, have really impressed me. Um, and then I think that it's probably two from Bolton, Peterborough, Derby and Portsmouth. Me, maybe it's a push, Wickham, if they can put a run together with a fully fit squad. Two from four or five that will finish in the top six. Um, maybe Oxford, I suppose, are, are, on a, are on a good run, but I don't know if they'll quite make it. So, yeah, I'll probably say two from five uh, for, for the playoffs. But I think... Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday will be my picks for the top two. And and you've mentioned all of those teams, Gab, and we thought League One last season was was tough. Of course it was. You've reeled off there eight, nine, ten teams. Most of them have played in the Premier League at some point. Most of them have spent big. It's a tough old division, isn't it, this season? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And and I think... um, that's why it's going to be so crucial that Morecambe act as smartly as possible in January because it might only be one or two players that they can bring in um, in the window and it's got to be the right one or two players as well because that can can make or break the season. Um, I don't know what you think about this, Dave. Maybe seeing if you can add a little bit of extra pace uh, in attack because you're going to nick when you're playing uh, an Ipswich, a Sheffield Wednesday, an Argyle, a Barnsley. You're probably going to need a little bit of pace. Um, maybe Kieran Phillips can do that job, but I probably look at 
Um, you know, Dylan Connolly hasn't quite been on the form that we saw from him last season at times. So I'd probably look at one other quick option just as a counter-attacking game, just because in this league, half the games pretty much are going to be counter-attacking jobs. And I think Derek Adams's ideology, if that's not too grandiose a word, is very much about not having too much of the possession, but still trying to be creative on, on the counter-attack. And I think that's going to be the key for Morgan. That's definitely uh, the, the Derek Adams way. Soak up the, uh, the, the the pressure, if you like. Let the opposition have lots of the ball. We have got pacey attacking options. You mentioned Dylan. Caleb Watts is, is fully fit and he's firing, looking great. I think mm. when Ash Hunter comes back, it's going to obviously be like a new signing. He's only played three or four games for us and he's not yeah. far away. I think it's going to probably be around about Christmas New Year before he's back in the mix. So that's going to be effectively like a January window signing for mm. us. Uh, Kieran's looked good. He's, he was on the bench last week, actually, and obviously Cole started and scored. So uh, we'll see how that pans out in the in the next few weeks. But I think the reality is, as Derek Adams says uh, quite rightly, uh, we, we haven't got much money. We haven't got any money at the moment. Hmm. So we might have to do a bit of wheeling and dealing, whether that is moving Cole on, if anybody comes in for him. Maybe it's going to move some of the fringe players on who, uh, whether they're being treated a bit harshly or not, I suppose is a is another argument. But there are some senior players in the squad who will be on decent salaries if we can move them out on loan or, or, or get them out on a on a permanent mm-hmm. somewhere and free up a bit of wage budget somewhere. Is going to have to but but, but the other thing the other thing on that that helps uh, Dave is probably the emergence of players like Adam Mayer because it means that you've got someone who can come in and has proven they can. I mean, I saw him come off the bench at Cheltenham. I don't know if that was his debut, but certainly one of his first few appearances. And you could see in those 10 minutes, he made a real impact. And then quite soon after that, um, was it against Wickham? He scored from his own corner. So, um, yeah, so I think that uh, that sort of thing where all of a sudden you've got a prospect that's coming in and can make an immediate contribution to the first team, I think that can be really helpful to Markham because that then saves a little bit in terms of the wage budget and the space in the squad and things like that that can then allow you to go for a little bit more quality over quantity in the, the January window. So uh, hopefully Mayor can kick on and hopefully at Morecambe there will be some scope to make one or two additions in January and they've got to be the right ones. I won't ask you, Gab, if you think Morecambe will stay up or not this season, because uh, if, if you give me your honest answer, then uh, you might get lynched when you come to the Mazuma Stadium. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll part that one there, if, if, if that's OK. Uh, but overall, Gab, in League One, it, it's shaping up MK Don's side, of course. I think they're the anomaly, aren't they, this season? that They've plummeted like a stone and don't look mm. like getting out of it at the moment. You'd think they would have enough. But apart from that, it, it does look very much as if League One has taken shape pretty much as we expected um broadly speaking yeah um i think that it's um it's getting very difficult i think at the moment to have that um incredible underdog story where you had burton winning automatic promotion back in 2016 and then shrewsbury made a push for it uh two years later and then wickham won it uh won via the playoffs uh, two years after that. Um, I don't feel like we're in a stage in League One where that's likely to happen. And, you know, you, you're seeing sides like Port Vale and Exeter City uh, who are doing incredibly well, but still would probably struggle to finish in the, the top six this season. So um, not a huge underdog story and probably not a huge number of surprises in terms of the bottom half. I'd um, maybe be inclined to agree that MK will um, get out of it. I would be quite worried about Cambridge in terms of the way, in terms of their trajectory and seeing a few concerning things there that I wouldn't expect have expected. Um, but I think I, the, the worry for me would be Cheltenham because I think maybe a couple of weeks ago I'd have probably been looking as a Morecambe fan, I would have been, if I were a Morecambe fan, I would have been looking at Cambridge and Cheltenham as the two teams that we could probably catch. Cheltenham are now 10 points above Morecambe. So that does make things, uh, with a game in hand, by the way. So that does make things a little bit more difficult. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a slog second half of the season. And, um, yeah, I think you're probably right not to ask me whether or not I think Morecambe will say it. <laughs> One other team I'm going to put in the mix, Gab, about hopefully they might be sucked in, and that is Charlton. What do you think about that? 
I don't think Charlton go down. They've got um, a lad called Rakitaki on loan from Crystal Palace, who's a really exciting player. They've got players like Scott Fraser and Jack Payne, who tend to be among um, the the better players in this division, if not the best, um, in terms of the creative aspect. Obviously, a lot depends on who they get in as a new manager, but I don't think they're a team that Morecambe can realistically catch, if I'm being honest. But I do think that um, you'd probably look at it and say Cambridge, Accrington, Stanley and, and Cheltenham and maybe Shrewsbury as a push could be could be caught. Gab, I really appreciate your time. I know you're an, an incredibly busy man, so thank you for jumping on our podcast. Really appreciate it. Just before you go, if Morecambe do stay up this season, and you don't have to express an opinion as whether you think they will or whether <laughs> they won't, uh, but if they do, where would it rank in terms of, we're talking about underdog achievement, where would it rank in terms of of, of, of an achievement, given how strong League One is this season? Um, I think that um, I think that getting promoted was probably the biggest achievement in the club's history. Getting promoted to uh, to league um, to, to league one under Derek Adams in twenty twenty one. Because I th- and the reason I say that would be that I think last season it was forty points required to stay up, and although half the league was. Um, uh, obviously, the big boys, half the league was probably games that are a, a little bit more manageable. So I probably wouldn't rank last season's survival um, as higher than the promotion the year before. Um, having said that, I think Morecambe, Morecambe, stay, Morecambe being a football league club, I think in some respects is still um, a big achievement. Obviously, Derek Adams has been quite keen to sort of change that mentality and I commend him for that. Um, but I would probably still say that promotion in from League Two in 2021 is the club's biggest ever achievement, and I would probably stick to that, even if Morecambe stay up this year. What a very diplomatic answer to end on, Neg. Thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, just before you go, let's give us a sales pitch. Now, everybody knows you. Everybody follows you on Twitter, of course. Everybody watches the EFL debates. Uh, but for the a couple of people living under the rock, where can we find what you do? Uh, so I uh, write, talk, pundit, present, produce, whatever whatever words exist um, on all things EFL, really, Dave. Um, I um, You can follow all my stuff on Twitter where I sort of start to uh, start up loads of lively debate across the EFL uh, at Gab Sutton. Uh, lots of talking points pretty much every day on there. And I also have a show called EFL Debate where I talk to various different uh, managers, players, fans, owners, directors across the EFL. I'm speaking to Scott Lindsay today, Thursday as we record, uh, Matt Grace at United Boss on Friday. So, uh, yeah, lots of content on EFL Debate. So you can follow me on Twitter at Gab Sutton. You can follow the hashtag EFL Debate and... Um, I might be slightly less popular for saying this on a Shrimps Live podcast, but I am um, I am comparing a Q&A with John Coleman at Accrington Stanley Are you uh, next really? Thursday. So slightly slightly split loyalties here. Um, I've, I've got, to, got to go to the dark side, Dave. Well, somebody's got to, I suppose. And uh, <laughs> you are, of course, available uh, for, for work as well. Uh, we're talking co-commentary, punditry, website, and anything like that. Uh, uh, you, you are open for business. I am very much open for business. Yeah, thanks for the plug there, Dave. I should get you on as my agent, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you can't afford me. You can't afford me. At all. <laughs> Just before you go, Gab, actually, what made you be? Because obviously, everybody knows how much detail you go into with with what you do, specifically with the English Football League, and you've certainly come to prominence significantly in the last few seasons. It's fair to say. But what made you go down this this path? if you don't mind me asking. Wow, what a great question. Um, so I, I think I, um, I I remember going to watch, uh, so my own team is Birmingham City, and I just remember going to watch, uh, thinking, oh, Chesterfield could win promotion if they win at Burton on Sunday. Blues were playing on the Saturday, so I thought I'll head down to that. Uh, and then I just kind of watching... the uh, my first ever League Two game back in 2014, and, you know, seeing the the... Chesterfield celebrating promotion that day and uh, also just kind of being on the side of the pitch you kind of got into football outside the championship and I sort of fell in love with it a little bit um, obviously still very much love my own team but I think being a journalist and, and a pundit you've kind of got to distance yourself slightly um, as, as I'm sure you, you can kind of relate to Dave uh, but are also um, yeah, and, and I just I, I just sort of felt like there isn't much means there isn't much 
of a neutral voice covering these leagues. Um, I think, you know, possibly some of the punditry on sort of League One and League Two is, um, um, I think, could, could have been improved, I felt, at the time. And um, and I felt, yeah, I've got something to offer here. So I set up a website called The Football Lab where I started writing about it. And then a few years after that, I got into talking about it. And then you know, more recently, people like yourself have approached me for co-commentating. And it's kind of, um, yeah, kind of sort of uh, all spiralled from there, really. So um, very lucky to do what I do. Uh, always love, very passionate about promoting lower league football. And it's been an um, absolute blast. And the, and the knowledge as well. Um, the one thing that struck me at the times and what, what you've done four or five games alongside me on Shrimps Live now, Gab, the one thing that struck me is uh, you work with very little, if any, notes or scripts or anything like that. It was sort of all in your head. Well, I, do you know, that's really interesting. I, I would say um, I, I'm actually a little bit autistic. So for me, uh, I actually prefer just to really immerse myself in the game I feel like if I'm looking down if I'm spending part of the time looking at games and spending part of the time looking down at notes I that would kind of confuse me a little bit so I prefer to kind of do my prep beforehand and then go in to the game kind of just put putting more all my energy and attention into that so it, it's not I don't come at that from an arrogant place of oh I don't need notes uh you know don't, don't bother with that it's you know it's only Dave um <laughs> well it, 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 I mean that's true though isn't it I suppose. <laughs> uh it's more that I like to do my research beforehand and then just put all my attention onto the game and just kind of get immersed in it and um yeah I've, I've always loved um always loved covering the games with you and hopefully we can do a couple more between now and the end of the season well train strikes and public transport aside you need to learn how to drive Gam. it's as simple as that really but uh, train strikes aside uh hopefully we can get you back uh, or we'll get you up to the Mazuma and uh, with a lovely big press deck at the Mazuma, great view. I'm looking forward view to the space the as well at the Mazuma. Oh, it's amazing. As well. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. I mean, you did the Forest Green Rovers game with us. Toenails and, uh, clipping while I'm commentating. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it, the Forest Green Rovers was was unbelievably tight for space, wasn't it? I had, oh, to, sort gosh, of, yeah. I had to sort of stand up and sort of stand sideways for the whole of the game. And you're, I'm you're, a daddy long legs as and well. And you're like Dave. six foot. You're like six foot four. You're one of those people who you're taller than you look on Twitter. Oh I God, Dave! Respect. I tell you what. If I had a pound for every time someone who knows me through Twitter stuff then <laughs> meets me in person, they say, you're taller than I expected, <laughs> I would be an absolute millionaire. So, um, yeah, no, um, yeah, hopefully, look forward to, to doing a game with you, David, hopefully in a more spacious uh, spacious press box. Fingers crossed. Gab, thanks so much for your time. Uh, enjoy um, the, the, the interviews. And, and you've got you've got, you've got some big names on, haven't you, over the... Uh, the last few weeks i suppose you just knock on the door pick the phone up and uh oh it's gam certain yeah we'll definitely go on with him so uh, you know your, your reputation follows you around i guess yeah let's hope it's a good reputation <laughs> i didn't say it's good <laughs> or bad but there you go uh gam, thanks very much today my friend and we'll we'll uh, catch you next time no doubt oh let, let's cheers mate. every kick every game every goal following morecambe fc in league one full match commentary of morecambe fc on beyond radio this is shrimps live from beyond radio